Good morning. Good morning. Please join with me in the prayer of illumination. God of us all, we give thanks that you are ever present with us. We humbly ask that you open our eyes to see the places in our world where your people are hurting and in need. Raise us up to be your faithful leaders in such a time as this. We pray all this in the powerful name of Christ. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from Esther chapter 3, verse 13, and chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. <clears throat> Letters were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces, giving orders to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate all Jews, young and old, women and children, in one day, the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods. Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter, but you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. Then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa, and hold a fast on my behalf, and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. After that, I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Beth. Um, I'm going to apologize right away to Dominic, my son. For those of you that don't know him, that, that's him right there. Typically in our house, there's this general understanding that things that you do in your life could potentially be uh, sermon examples. Normally, though, I, um, I ask right? Normally I ask. But today I did not ask. So he's going to have to listen to uh, a time in his life that he may or may not remember. I don't know. We'll see. So does anybody remember the Wiggles? Does anybody? You're making me fit. Thank you, McGinnises. Thank you for remembering the Wiggles. If you have a child or children or grandchildren who are around Dominic's age, uh, I'm sad to say he's 20, you may remember the Wiggles. I have a picture of the Wiggles. Do we have a picture of the Wiggles? We should have a picture of the Wiggles. There they are in their big red car. Four, these four gentlemen were the bane of my existence for a period of my life. They are four men from Australia who came together. Do you remember the Wiggles? Do you, you don't? Barely? I wish I could say the same. Four men from Australia who came together to produce a children's uh, music program that was on television. The reason that they were the bane of my existence is because Dominic loved them a lot. A lot. He loved them a lot. I mean, he really loved them. Like Beatles fans loved the Beatles when they came. So Dominic's favorite was Murray, who is the red shirt wearing wiggle. Murray was a pretty funny guy, and I think that's why Dominic was drawn to him. Dominic likes to laugh. 
He likes funny things. And so Murray was kind of over-the-top funny. Um, but, but the songs, Char, the songs. It's how you feel about country music is how I felt about the Wiggles. I love music. I'm a music person. And music almost continuously runs through my head. I wake up with music in my mind. I sing almost constantly throughout the day. Do I not? Yes, I do. I sing all through the day, but this Wiggles music was too much. What? Fruit salad. Yummy, yummy. Fruit, right? The, the worst. I went days on end singing, beep, beep, chug, chug, a big red car. I'm having, like, it's making me nervous. I'm having flashbacks. It was infuriating. These songs would get in my head, you know, and I could not get them out no matter what I did. I went around singing these ridiculous songs. I see some nods of I remember. At the time that Dominic was deep into his Wiggles fandom, we didn't yet fully understand all of the differences in sensory processing that his nervous system had. And so in my ignorance... I thought it would be a really good idea to go to a Wiggles concert. Yes, I was embracing all that the Wiggles universe had to offer, and we went to Columbus to a Wiggles concert. Now, I'm a music person. I've told you that. I've seen everyone from Elton John to uh, Chicago to uh, all sorts of country artists. Uh, if, if it's been out there, I've seen it. I have never in my life, been to a concert louder than the Wiggles. It was another kind of experience. We were at Nationwide Arena. It was full. It Thousands of young Wiggle fans. Thousands. They are screaming their heads off while lights are flashing and there's smoke and, I mean, it was nuts. And I've been to concerts. They, they hold nothing up against the Wiggles. The Wiggles were running around the arena, not just the stage, up the stairways, which amped up the little Wiggle fans. So it got to a level that was like nothing I've ever seen before. I think it might be like when Jesus comes back, these little Wiggle people. They were that in awe of what was happening the energy and noise level would rival anything. So we made it through about half of the Wiggle concert with the noise and the music and the screams and the jumping and the lights and the fog and the Wiggles. And Dominic finally looked at me like, huh, I can't do one more second of this Wiggleness. And so the, really the reason we made it that far was because Wiggle tickets are expensive, I'm going to be honest. And I felt invested in this experience, and so I, we made it halfway. So finally, Dominic's nervous system about expired, and my ears couldn't handle any more wiggles, so we wiggled our way out of the arena. And I thought our problems were solved. I thought it was going to be smooth sailing. The wiggles were behind us. I thought we were good, and I was wrong, because... For the next 30 minutes, we wandered around the adjacent parking garage trying to get out of this wiggle nightmare. It took us 30 minutes to find our car because in our excitement to get to the wiggles, no one had paid attention to where we parked. And so we walked and we walked. Finally, after what seemed like 40 years in the wilderness, 
I was feeling the, the pain of the Jewish faithful. Finally, we found the car and we piled ourselves in. And once again, we were awash with relief that the wiggles were over. And we inched out and around the corner. And there in the exit, in the driving lane, right in the middle, was a little girl all by herself. She was probably two, maybe three, alone, standing in the middle of the lane. And we just stopped and looked at her and looked at each other. Now, mind you, the Wiggles performed at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We made it about halfway into the concert, so probably 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Then we wandered the wilderness of the parking garage for 30 more minutes. So, this, so now we're after 4 o'clock, pushing 4.30. Imagine the traffic that would begin to pour through this parking garage once the offices of the Nationwide Building and all the adjacent buildings began to release at 4.30, 5 o'clock. All of these people are going to funnel into this parking garage. And here's this little baby girl standing in the midst of this downtown Columbus. Where were her people? My mom got out of the car and started singing Wiggles music, as you can imagine, because we had just spent an hour listening to it, and I raced down in the car to try to get to the security booth to get some help for this lost little person. And mom sat with her, and they talked, and they sang songs, and they waited for me to come back. And I got to the booth downstairs and alerted security that we had found this little lost person and this little one's mom had come down to security before I got there. And what happened, they had been at the Wiggles concert too and probably made the same exodus we did out of the Wiggles concert early. And mom was alone with two kids, this little one by the hand and an infant in a stroller. And they got into the elevator and the, in the parking garage and mom pushed the stroller in and had the little one in front of her and let go of her hand to hit the button and she went out the door and the doors closed. And there was, mom hit every button to try to open the doors, but the elevator began to move and took mom away from this little one in the middle of downtown Columbus on like a Wednesday afternoon at four o'clock. And you can imagine the panic and the absolute heartbreak by the time that mom got back to the floor that her little girl was on and she realized she had wandered away and mom's trying to maneuver stroller and baby and panicked and looking for her little one. She was in complete panic. I wasn't there when mom got to my mom and her little girl. I was still making my way back up. When we got in the car, mom said another security guard, or so he said, had come up and said, well, I'll take her and I'll take her down to the security booth. And nothing was going to uproot my mom from that spot in that garage with that little girl. And she about dared him to come try. And so when we got all up there, my mom was there with the little girl. Her mom was there. And uh, they were still all glued to the spot. And as my mom and I quietly then settled into our car, and drove down the levels of the parking garage and out onto the busy street of Columbus, we couldn't get the what-if questions out of our minds. What if we hadn't gone to the Wiggles that day? 
What if we hadn't left early? What if we found our car right away and didn't wander the parking garage for 30 minutes? What if someone else found her first? What if she was hit by a car? Luckily, like most of the what ifs we worry about, those things didn't happen. We did go to the concert and we did leave early. And we did wander around frustrated and complaining about the fact that we couldn't find the car. No one else found her first, and she was safe and happy back with her mom. For such a time as this. I believe with all of my heart that we were in that parking garage at that exact moment to make a life of difference for that child. Just as I asked the kids and just as I believe that God places opportunity for people in the right place at the right time, I believe that God placed us there. God has done that since the first moment of creation of humanity. And so often we pray for God to do something in our world and God does something in our world and he does it through us and our placement and our awareness in our actions. It doesn't always happen this way. I don't know why. It happens in some instances and not others. But I, I looked on the internet for, for sort of holy coincidences. And it, a quick Google search gave me many examples. A woman has a heart attack on a flight to Orlando in 2003, and an attendant comes across the loudspeaker and said, is there a doctor on board? And 15 cardiologists stand up who were traveling together on their way to a conference in Orlando. And they were able to offer their help. Civil War Union Corporal Barton W. Mitchell found an envelope in the road holding three cigars wrapped in paper. Tucked inside were the orders from Robert E. Lee detailing the Confederate Army's next planned moves. The Battle of Antietam was the result. You can call these coincidences, but I think there's more to it than that. I think they're moments of keen awareness. I think that we're all in this place with the potential to have these kind of events. My mom drives me crazy for too many reasons to list right now. But she drives me crazy because when you're driving with her, her head's on a swivel all the time. What do you think they're doing? What do you think that guy's doing? Do you think that guy needs help? One time she stopped outside of the, um, the rehab center in Green Springs because she thought there was a man who had collapsed forward in his wheelchair. Turns out he was just suntanning his back. But, but she lives into an air of awareness that I don't. And I've learned from the many embarrassing times that she has stopped to see if someone needs help or what's that on the road? My mom totally would have picked up that, those cigars wrapped in paper. Totally. I would have walked right by and never even noticed it was there. My mom lives with her head on a swivel, looking for opportunities of how she can sometimes serve, sometimes just she just wants to know what you're doing, right? Sometimes she's just being nosy. But God has used that spiritual gift of hers, of interaction with other people. God has used it to his glory, and she has, in fact, helped and intervened and stopped and prayed with people 
and done things that I would not have done because I'm too busy going from point A to point B, finding the quickest way to get there so I can do what I'm supposed to do so I can go on to the next thing. My mom lives with a different level of awareness. So that God can call her, she calls them God winks. So that God can call her into these divine appointments that he's set because he knows that I'm going to drive by. Did you notice in the scripture that, that Mordecai says to Esther, somebody will come. Somebody else will do it if you don't do it. See, God has to make up for the people like me with the people like her because I'm too busy minding my own business. and She's too busy minding everybody else's. We have to engage we have to be present. We have to be watchful and willing to enter into these moments of divine appointment that God sets us for, for such a time as this. In our scripture reading for today, once again, we find ourselves faced with a hero of our faith. Today we read of Esther. Esther was a Jewish person in a time when all Jewish people were under threat of death, young or old, male or female, it didn't matter. If you were a Jewish faithful person, your life was in danger. The time had been set. The order had been given. The date had been stated. All Jewish faithful were to be killed, destroyed, annihilated, and all of their goods plundered. Wiped from existence, lives lost, all at the king's order, which must be obeyed. The king has spoken. The order has been given. Now what? The franticness of that mother probably would rival the franticness of the Jewish faithful. It says in the word that Mordecai tore at his clothes, put on sackcloth, and went into a time of mourning. What would they do? Esther, who lives in the king's grounds, hears that her uncle is at the gates. She sends her representative to find out why he's grieving why is he acting like this and Mordecai begs for Esther to do something but what can she do she can't go to the king without you can't just walk in there you can't just you know request an audience with the king that's not how it works if you go in there you'll be killed she's in no position even if she could get into him she's in no position to tell the king what to do and when she resists, Mordecai reminds her, he says, you're not safe either. Not only are her people in danger, but she herself is a Jewish person, is in danger. And he says, don't think you're safe just because you're in there. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise from someone else. God will send someone, but then you and your family will perish. Perhaps you've come to royal dignity for such a time as this. Notice Mordecai doesn't place it all on her shoulders. He says, somebody else will come, but you're there. Could you be there for just this moment? God is encouraging Esther to use her place and her position for God's work. In this case, she's poised in the exact correct place to stand for God's people. And she does. God is calling her into awareness and calling her to courage. I have felt a call to action happening in our churches in a big way recently, and you're probably tired of hearing about it. I have preached over and over again that I feel the church is, in a, is poised to make a difference in the world. How many of you have heard someone say, 
in recent days, months, years. I've never seen the world like this. Our next sentence should be, and we've never been a church like this. You see, God is calling us to an awareness, an awareness that we have not had before. I honestly believe that God is calling us to this new thing that God is doing. And just as our mom, just as my mom and I asked what if questions in the parking garage, I'm bothered by the what ifs of this time, such a time as this. What if we don't stand for those who don't have a voice? What if we don't preach the gospel to those who don't know it? What if we don't stand for the world, for those that the world doesn't value? What if we don't fight for justice and freedom? What if we don't advocate for God's world, God's creation that he entrusted to us? What if we accept things the way they are at a time when we all ask why God isn't doing something? What if we don't question how we can make the world a better place because we stand here in this place? It would have been unimaginable for my mom and I to drive by that little girl and leave her to whatever downtown Columbus was going to deliver on that day. There is no way that you could have made us drive by that little girl. Well, the world is our little girl. The world right now and its circumstances is our little girl. And I get frustrated with Christians that say, I wish God would do something. Well, what do you want him to do? A holy lightning bolt? That's not how God operates. God operates through us, with us, guiding us so that we can make decisions, so that we can live with our heads on a swivel, so that we can know what's important. Why would we drive by that little girl? We wouldn't. God has positioned you for such a time as this. What is God calling you to pay attention to? Just like Esther, God can find another way, and God will find another way, but I would have been destroyed had I driven by that little girl and not done something and someone else had to step in. I would have been destroyed had I known that I could have done something and I chose not to do something. That's the destruction that I think Mordecai was talking about with Esther. He said, you and your family will be destroyed. I'm destroyed when we don't love one another with grace. And it's hard because sometimes I get mad. And then I have to take a step back and say, for such a time as this, what is God calling you to do on this day, in this moment? Don't drive by. Stop and do something. God will find another way, but why would we want him to? Why would we want him to find another way? We know the way, and we can help others know. Why would we drive by? Why would we want God to look for another person? We're right here. We are present here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. And all God's people said, amen.